<laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> she's she's literally on her cell phone dictating the text to her fiance who has just cheated on her. And she says, how could you do this to me? Question mark. <laughs> it's incredible television all around. Yeah. Okay, so this is episode four of Pop Culturing. Hello, Nick here. Just with a quick aside um, that we ended up talking for hours, which was amazing and wonderful. So this episode is actually going to be split into three. So this is part one of three. And we're talking about Real Housewives with some special guests. Megan and Maggie. Hi. Hello. <laughs> we decided to invite Megan and Maggie because, well, thus far, the first three episodes, it has been me info dumping to Lauren, but um, I am not the Real Housewives expert, even though I have like some knowledge. Um, so yeah, so we thought this one would be best with um, some special guests. All I know is that it's like a franchise reality television show. They're rich and there's drama. That's all I have. That's all I know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it. Let's go. <laughs> I have summarized it. So that was fun, you guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I do think Megan and I have both put in our 10,000 hours, so we can help fill in some of the nuance, some of the blanks, although you, your preconceived notions are pretty spot on. Yeah. Nick, do you have any, or do you know, do you know too much to have? I, think I probably know too much. Um, I watch, um, okay, so I will say that um, Maggie was my, like, guide when I said that I wanted to get into it. Um, and I was like, cause it was during, uh, the pandemic. So I had time. So I was like, where should I start? Tell me what to do. So I started with Beverly Hills one mm. and just went through there. Um, so I have watched all of Beverly Hills and I suppose I have watched all of, uh, Salt Lake city since that one is fairly new. And I've seen like maybe the most recent, like two, maybe three seasons of Potomac. And that's, that's it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That really Hills was a good choice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First season, especially like it really hits. Yeah. yeah. I was really like, once I knew when I heard that Denise Richards was on, I was like, okay, I would like to watch, but I feel like I can't jump in now, but maybe I can. Like, and I was like, Maggie will know. <laughs> can I just tell you guys, as an aside, I have an aunt who started watching The Office because James Spader joined the cast. <laughs> I've never been like so offended by someone's personal choice in my life. Like no one watches The Office for James no. <laughs> I will say Denise Richards, I understand. Yeah. Perfect. That's completely Great. different. Yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> no, he's like no. His character on The Office is so weird too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's, he's not even, like, is this really doing it for you, Nancy? Like, okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's funny. Uh, but back to house size. Nick, do you have any specific questions? Because I was, like, wondering, like, when did you guys start watching it? Like, were you right off the bat watching it first season? So I was almost right off the bat. I discovered it um, in, like, a drunken hangover state. Bravo was airing all of the first season of the first city, Orange County, one day. So I caught up on that first season, and then they started airing two. And then I have just been off and running ever since. And I, I watched, I don't remember how I watched some of Orange County, because I didn't have like a TV or cable at the time. So <laughs> I, but I know that I watched some of like the first season of Orange County because I remember what happened <laughs> and I remember some of the people but then because I didn't have a TV or uh, cable for the next couple of years like I had some time that was like I wasn't watching and then I dated someone who was blogging for Bravo at early days of the network um for their like they had like a gay like bravo for gays was the name of the site this was early oh wow or just I feel like i totally missed out <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's that now that website doesn't exist but like the person who i dated would do uh um recaps and then also like manage like comment sections about like on the housewife blogs um and that was in like 2008 so it was but it was before new york premiered um so it was only oc so we watched a little bit so i missed like i watched like the first season and then like maybe like the second or third season i had like a couple pieces of it and then they closed down the bravo for gays site <laughs> and so the the bravo blogging was gone and then I did occasionally like see the marathons of Roni that's what it would happen um of real housewives of New York and then I don't know how I watched I did not watch it when it was first airing but then I did it's like I can't quite remember it's one of those things where it feels so in the water mm -hmm. of my self it's <laughs> always been there it ha it's like I can't remember a time when I didn't watch Real Housewives of New York and um, I know there must have been um, and then a few years ago I decided to re-watch all of it from the beginning um, all of New York and that really like that was what pulled me back in and that was like maybe like 2016 or so that I like really got sucked back in and like watched every season um and then someone was I was like I kind of want to watch more Real Housewives but I don't know where to go and um Jen uh JLF 23 tumble um uh, was like you should try Beverly Hills um it's great like 
Beverly Hills is so fun. And then I was like, okay, well, ooh, I don't know. I don't like Camille Grammer. Like, can I skip those seasons? <laughs> and she was like, well, those are really, really good seasons. But I started at season four. And <laughs> Maggie's <laughs> my season made four a, is terrible. Made a gag it's, face. it's watchable, but it's their worst season by far. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was good enough for me to get sucked right in and watch all the way up to the final season that they had recorded at the time. And then I went back and watched seasons one through three, um, decided I would hold my nose and watch Camille Grammer on my television. <laughs> and it was really worth it because those are truly some iconic, some iconic seasons of television. Um, yeah. And then after that, I was just hooked and I started watching a bunch of different franchises. Uh, I got into Potomac. When SLC aired, I like immediately started watching that. Um, when Miami came back, I started watching that. And uh, I've dabbled in Atlanta. Um, one of the Atlanta housewives went to my college. Um, we were not there at the same time. It was Phaedra. <gasps> She went to my undergrad and I remember I had a reunion not long after Atlanta began airing and people were talking about like, oh, this like alum is going to be on the Real Housewives of Atlanta and like a couple of people who had like known her when she was there were like, oh, oh she is kind of terrible, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I'm not going to watch that. So I like, didn't watch Atlanta for a long time because of her. And then she's, honestly, she has great television. She's a monster, but. Um, I secretly love Phaedra, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's so valid. I, I'm i a candy, I'm a candy lover myself. I love candy, they, so. so. So what is not clear as we're talking about this is there is an, an impasse that Candy and Phaedra came to. And I think you can only be on one side or the other. <laughs> I feel yeah. like okay I feel like the same thing is maybe true of New Jersey is that true like you can be on team I don't even know the Teresa and somebody else maybe yeah it's it's Teresa and her sister-in-law Melissa okay. and it, it is one or the other it is not both yeah people who like Teresa are called tree huggers <laughs> <laughs> But I don't think that people who like Melissa have a name. No, do I don't think so. No. I would call them Gorgons, but that's just me. Melissa Gorgon. I love it. Yeah. So are there any, so uh, are there any other people that like would be recognizable that are on any of the Real Housewives shows? Yeah, I... I think a lot of people would recognize Nene Leakes from Atlanta. She is very gifable, very memeable. I mean, if you've ever seen on TikTok, oh no, honey, a white refrigerator. Oh, we in the ghetto. Yes, yes. Let's get no, but what I meant, what I meant was like like Denise Richards. Like, is there mm. anybody else that's oh, like yeah. famous like prior to? But I like that because I know who you're talking about yeah. when you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know uh, Lisa Renna? Yeah. 
So she was on so Beverly she, Hills for like eight years. Okay. She's like Megan's ride or die. Okay. Mm-hmm. I um, think, is there somebody on, I feel like there's somebody from New York who is famous, but. Well, I mean, Carol was a journalist and an author. So she was like recognized in a certain field, but not maybe the name recognition of like Denise Richards. No, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of housewives have also kind of uh, turned it into like they've done gone into like acting roles after or alongside. Oh wait, sorry, Kyle and Kyle Richards and Kim Richards. Yeah, child um, stars were child stars. They were uh, Kyle was on Little House on the Prairie, and she Kim, was like the little girl in the Halloween movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, uh, and and Kim was. Uh, I can't remember things Kim did, but she did do some. She did the Witch Mountain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she was like a Disney girl. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then also there is on Beverly Hills, um, Erica Jane, um, who was a. She did have a singing career before she got on Housewives and it really like she used Housewives in part to like build up that career. Um, and you would also recognize her. She's from uh, I'm going to give the gays everything that they want. Oh, okay. That is Erica Jane. And wait, there's one more Beverly Hills person. Yeah. Uh, also, Beverly they yeah. had a had a big career too before yeah all right i didn't hear who who was it uh, the hadid mom oh oh gosh <laughs> yeah beverly hills is packed with yeah, people okay. you so would there's... recognize um yeah, yeah the, the yolanda hadid yes. and uh garcelle beauvais um oh, okay so yolanda hadid and and yolanda hadid also like you did see snips of like Gigi Hadid and Bella Hadid as they were really like starting their careers so mm-hmm. um that was interesting and um Garcelle Beauvais was like a newer addition to uh Beverly Hills like within the past like four years three years and she was in Coming to America among other things so she's been around quite a bit and a lot of people have like famous or semi-famous husbands as well. So mm-hmm. you'll like see their husbands too and be like, oh, wait, I know him. Like Lisa Rinna is married to Harry Hamlin. Um, Erica Jane was married to a lawyer, Tom Girardi, who was famous for the um, Karen Brockovich case. Ah. Um, yeah. And then it's also there are housewives who are recognizable because of their relationships to scandals and that Erica Jane would be one of those because Tom Girardi was uh it turned out was stealing money from his uh clients who he was supposed to be doing all of this uh, like good work for mm-hmm. uh yeah he was stealing money from them to like fund his rock and roll lifestyle. (laughs) Um, There was a Hulu special and it featured some of the victims and it truly was heartbreaking. Yeah. Like they played like some voicemails he would leave like misleading them and stuff. It was awful. Yeah. 
but yeah, that would be, that's like how you would know people, I think. How many um, different, like, franchises of it are there? Oh, wait, hold on. I've got some, I've got the... You have notes. I have notes on that. Hold on one second. So there are uh, 11 American franchises. There's uh, Orange County, New York, uh, Atlanta, New Jersey, D.C., Beverly Hills, Miami, Potomac, Dallas, Salt Lake, and Dubai, which is an American franchise somehow. <laughs> um, and there's also a girls, an ultimate girls trip franchise. Um, so there have been 154 housewives featured across 96 total seasons. That does count an as yet unaired season of Dubai that's coming up, but does not count girls ultimate girls trips they started in 2006 and the most recent one pre- uh, premiered in 2022 so so like the ones that premiered back then those are still going yes yeah i think that dc is the dc and dallas are no longer on the air yeah and i think every single other one is yeah. Oh, wow. Well, Orange County just wrapped its 17th season. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's definitely like, uh, notably, the Orange County franchise premiered on the same day that Twitter had its first tweet. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. So, like, yeah, just kind of wild to <laughs> think of um that those things happened at literally the same time yeah that's that's, crazy yeah that's funny because it took a while for social media to start being a part of the show you know I remember Mm -hmm. in Housewives of New York season four why are you mean tweeting me Simon is always mean tweeting me and it's just (laughs) like mean tweeting is not even like a phrase we use anymore (laughs) (laughs) I know Maggie and I definitely had thought about um because there is so much content we kind of wanted to focus in on two of our favorite franchises to sort of talk about like the structure and that kind of thing um and we were going to talk about beverly hills and new york so excellent yeah um i will kick us off by saying that uh, uh, New York, Real Housewives of New York premiered March 4th, 2008, and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiered October 14th, 2010. And seasons of the shows tend to happen like roughly once a year, but sometimes the premiere dates will shift like so you can't reliably say like Beverly Hills starts in the fall every year. Like sometimes they'll mm-hmm. air it in the spring. Sometimes they'll air it in the summer. Um, sometimes they start filming immediately after a reunion was filmed from the season that just aired. Um, and then they won't air that for question mark. Like they like to get the seasons like filmed and edited and kind of like, hold on to them for a second and then put them out 
when they're ready to put them out. Yeah, those are two big ones. <laughs> yeah. I think that's interesting. Like, this is not a Real Housewives show that I'm about to mention, but like Summer House, which is, is a Bravo show. Like, okay. I feel like it's interesting that they like do that the same way, which makes sense because you want to air it like in the summer. But it's like all the drama that happened this summer or is coming up that like you know they have banked and like is talking about it and I'm just like I just want to see what happened <laughs> you <laughs> know it's already like, happened you're just like waiting for yeah <laughs> yeah the yeah. fun thing about Summer House is that you know you've got Beverly Hills and you have Lisa Vanderpump a longtime cast member on that show she has a few restaurants that are featured on that show. She gets a spin-off at one of the restaurants. It's called Sir. That's called Vanderpump Rules. I don't know, five or six seasons in, they do a jump from Vanderpump Rules to Summer House. So technically, it's like Beverly Hills' grandchild. True. That is very true. Because they yeah. had cast members from Vanderpump visit the Summer House to jumpstart their first season. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And occasionally you see like there has been like crossover housewifing um, for Beverly Hills and New York um, through Kyle, who's an OG, which we'll just explain what that means in a second. And um, Bethany, who is a very well-known New York housewife. They I know. Have- I know of her. Oh, you know Bethany Frankel? I do. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I only know, like, like I know people through memes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mention it all. Um, she's very memeable. Um, so, yeah, they were friends from when Bethany lived in Beverly Hills. And so Kyle, like, went to Bethany's, like, like an opening that Bethany, I can't remember exactly. You probably remember better than I do. Um, I think um, they were in the Hamptons at the same time. And then Kyle was doing a pop-up store. She she had this ridiculous clothing store called Kyle by Aileen 2 or Aileen 2 by Kyle or something like that. And no one could ever figure out who Aileen was. (laughs) Uh, So Bethany came to the opening of the pop-up shop. Yeah. So there's definitely like there's that overlap. And so they're like cousins, cousins, grandchildren familial relationship of the longer the like bravo sphere goes the more you see people from different shows interacting it's Mm -hmm. really interesting yeah and uh, it's off of the real housewives topic but like currently there's winter house airing where they have people from summer house they have people from a second iteration of summer house um, mm-hmm. called Summer House Martha's Vineyard. They have people from Below Deck. They have people from Family Karma, which is mm-hmm. a show set in the um, set in Florida that uh, revolves around like some Desi families uh, who have like a big community there. Um, and they have a drinking Vanderpump too. Yes, and they have mm-hmm. some Vanderpump. So it's like a very incestuous bravo pool (laughs) and the return on investment must be insane they 
get all of these people together for like two weeks, film them at a ski resort or whatever, and then they can make a whole meal out of it, you know? Well, we had talked about, Maggie and I have a whole, we have a, we had a whole conversation. We had a shared doc. Like we are ready to like. Settle in, ladies. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm ready. (laughs) So, Um, I mean, you basically have the premise of the show down from the preconceived notions, but essentially it's meant to follow a group of affluent women, their personal lives, and then their interactions and conflicts with each other. Like, is that what you would say, Megan? I would uh, 100% agree with that. I think also you do get to see their, it's, it varies from place to place and from wife to wife, how much of their personal life, their business life, um, their married life you get to see. So some people choose to show their kids. Some people Mm -hmm. don't, some people, um, work and you do get to see them at work. Uh, some people kind of don't work and you get to see them not working. Um, (laughs) Some people will talk about their married life and their spouse. Some people are, their spouse is like very off screen kind of more than anything. Um, So it's, there are different levels of involvement that you get from people. And it's very, it's definitely, you can't necessarily say what it's going to be when you are introduced to a new wife or a new franchise so Mm -hmm. yeah and those boundaries sometimes they get drawn explicitly in conflict and sometimes they uh they kind of just don't and they just appear sort of naturally um so it's definitely like an interesting kind of personal private line I think yeah. Are they all uh, heterosexual couples? Not anymore. <laughs> so, Spoilers! <laughs> so we ha- we've had a few women over the years who've openly identified as bisexual. Like off the top of my head, I can think of two Potomac housewives, Katie and Ashley. Um we've had a few who have not openly identified as bisexual, but you pick up on the the clues here and there. Um, the most recent cast of Miami, uh, the, one of the cast members, Julia, is actually married to Martina Navratilova, who okay. appears as like, not a house husband, but a house spouse, I guess. And then you have Jenna Lyons on the latest season of New York, who's like, such a such a powerhouse you guys I love her (laughs) yeah yeah she she gave the gays everything they want honestly (laughs) truly truly. um yeah like I will say that the sapphic bravo community lost their collective shit over (laughs) Jenna Lyons and Mm -hmm. um yeah just it, it was definitely like she is much less femme presenting than 
most of the other housewives like she's still definitely has like some like I'm not saying that she's like masculine she's not butch but like she definitely is like she leans into androgyny a little more than Mm um most than is typical at all for um for for housewives and we have to google uh, google this person oh yeah (laughs) i just Um, i feel like she um from having not seen it but having just like now knowing that she exists in the world which makes me extremely happy um i feel like she maybe like i think uh how to put this again having not seen it it feels like a lot of the women sometimes like um really go in for like like brand names and like um, really like show off and are like trendy and whatever. Not saying she's not trendy, but it feels like she has um, very much her own sense of style. Yeah. And like, um, like that's so like intrinsically her versus like, like style, like her trying to like keep up with styles or like her trying to whatever it feels like she's so just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She's got, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say she's got the like um quiet luxury. Yeah, that like wealth whispers yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where like you don't she doesn't she's not somebody who's wearing like Fendi labeled or like Chanel earrings or like this t-shirt says Versace, but you look at her clothes and you can tell that they are worth your month's rent and more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, okay. So she was the executive creative director and president of J crew and worked there for 27 years. Yeah. Yeah. So dial. Yeah. She was outed by the New York post. What? Mm Mm-hmm. It, yeah. yeah, it says that. Um, oh, hold on, my phone just like decided to scroll that, like, itself. After, like because of Housewives or like no, no set, ten years no, ago. because it says uh, in the midst of her divorce from her ex-husband in 2011, the New York Post outed her, and they uh, it was like, of course, obviously traumatic, but um, she hadn't even like come out to her friends and family, and mm, like. Yeah or anything at the time um that's crazy yeah yeah she was somebody who didn't want to show too much of her relationship like she was in a relationship with someone when they started filming and I think that like I'm putting words in her mouth but like the trauma of that experience had a lot to do with that decision you know Mm -hmm. like not exposing someone to something that they hadn't necessarily signed up for themselves yeah that makes sense yeah yeah it's very it's definitely there you often see with relationships um the kind of push and pull dynamic of someone who yeah they agreed to for their spouse to be on the show but they didn't necessarily sign up for everything that comes with it yeah yeah that was definitely like 
an issue and people like the people who are showing like everything and whose spouses are kind of right there um that could almost be like their own you know they could be their own housewife <laughs> themselves like it, they, there can be that kind of like well I'm showing everything like you're not showing enough um dynamic that can lead to fights <laughs> So, Megan, we should talk about, like, what goes into a season, right? Like, yes. <laughs> I'm fascinated. <laughs> good, good. Shane, I think where to start. So, I mean, they do filming, you know, they film with the women by themselves. They film in group situations. Uh, they get to, you know, three, four or five months in and that primary production stops and when they are editing is really when they start interviewing the women and taping confessionals and it's always interesting to me to see how someone articulates a conflict in the moment versus how they do it in their confessional like there was a a conflict between Garcelle and some of the other women just recently on Beverly Hills, where she's trying to explain to them, because of what something that happened last season, I don't really feel comfortable talking to you about my kids right now. And they took great offense to it, and it kind of got blown out of proportion. She felt like they didn't understand where she was coming from. But as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, she's, she's been very eloquent in her confessional about how she feels, but I don't think she really could do it in the moment. And I think that's why that conflict went down the way it did. It's like you have that time to like decompress and process and think about things that you yeah. don't have in the moment. Yeah, that's interesting that they do that so much later. Yeah, that is weird because like you, I'm used to like other reality TV shows where it's like, it seems like they have like a requirement to do it like once a week or something like that, or even maybe more often. Yeah, it's, I was definitely learning that they weren't doing confessionals uh, along with the show was like a real surprise for me. Um, and that they actually, you know, it, it's much closer to where they'll be at the reunion so they're like they get um I don't think they get like the full episodes that you're gonna they don't get the episodes as you're gonna see them on television but they get kind of a rough cut of the episode um to watch ahead of their confessionals so that they can respond to certain things um but yeah so you are like you're seeing them kind of doing a um like people do commentating <laughs> sorry <Yeah. laughs> my brain is really it's fogging out um <laughs> they're like doing like sports commentator uh breakdown of the conflicts and things and where that, they're watching like, from the side yeah and I feel like that actually makes more sense than them just like like if they're seeing a rough cut and commenting on it sort of as as their um confessional that makes more sense than them just asking questions later because I feel like then if you're seeing 
like things that happened off screen or like other fights or something else, like how that could like get you re not re like you remember it. You're like, like reliving it. Fight. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah. to be fair, they give them the cuts. They're not required to watch them. Oh, so okay. like some people are very clear about the fact that they do not watch the show. Um, and that everything that they're saying is like their reaction and their memory of what happened. Yeah. Um, and some people do watch the show and they are commenting on the footage. Um, and it can really like, when you see people like at the, they're at the reunion a year after this thing happened and they're like fully in the conflict still. They're like, they're, mentally they're, you're like, oh my God, this happened a year ago, but it can feel like it just happened because they just watched, they, uh, watched, the they just okay. watched the show. And so they just like relived it, had their confessionals not that long ago. And also fans are commenting on their Instagram posts or they're tweeting them. And so it's almost like if you had a big traumatic fight in your season and it's you were through it, it is reactivated because everything brings is, it all back up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. So it's definitely the timing is interesting. And the aspect of like social media has really shifted how things work with like filming and stuff because you do have like things that happen when they happen. And so maybe you had like a little social media fight, like you had like, you exchanged tweets and then fans are also following people. They're seeing the tweets in real time. They're seeing these fights. They're seeing so-and-so unfollowed this person. And then people really have like faves <laughs> and they follow, you know, if your fave has a fight with this person, like, for some people that's like, okay, well now we hate her. So, mm -hmm. um, and then that can really like, it can keep conflict kind of bubbling along. Um, just in the same way that like, if you were like having a fight with somebody and then you had people behind you being like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you'd be like, I'm getting it, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, but the, the faves thing is definitely something that I know we wanted to touch on. Um, you don't choose your fave. Your fave chooses you is how I have always felt. Yes, yeah. that's very true. I Maggie said earlier that, you know, Lisa Rinna is one of my ride or dies. Like this woman is a mess. Um, <laughs> she is... She, she's histrionic she's fat phobic she is just self-obsessed she's awful she is a monster i love her she did things in her early seasons like one uh yolanda hadid had uh lyme disease long-term lyme disease lisa renna basically kind of called her a liar and was like i think you're like essentially was like i think you're making up being sick as somebody who has chronic fatigue and potentially like long-term Lyme disease, like I should hate her. <laughs> and I did in that moment, I was like, God, this is horrible. 
It doesn't matter. I love her. <laughs> I think like part of that too, though, is that like, she's that way towards like everybody. Like there's not like, nobody is exempt from like the Lisa no. Rinna, like I'm going to find out the truth. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is true. Oh, just Harry Hamlet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He can do no wrong. Who is your fave, Maggie? Um, my fave on Beverly Hills is Sutton. I love that weirdo so much. She, she, so, so one of the requirements of a housewife is to live out loud, essentially. You know, you gotta you have to say the things out loud that you normally would go home and say to your friend later, you know? And she's very open about the types of insecurities that I do not tell people that I have. <laughs> like, I would like to appear a little bit more cool, calm, and collected than, than Sun does. Um, and she, you know, she's had some problematic moments, like, she she was called out by an Asian American castmate for being somebody who says, I don't see color. Because honestly, you know, 2020 and beyond, it doesn't mean what a lot of people used to think it meant, you know? And she really, she doubled down and she kind of had a tantrum and it boils down to a middle-aged woman, white woman from the South saying, well, that wasn't nice. You're not, it wasn't nice of you. Like, it's more important to be nice than to be, you know, I don't know, enlightened. I'm not sure what the word is. And so I, I would not say I defend all of her behavior, but it's the kind of thing where like your brain just goes into overdrive being like, no, I think I get where she's coming from. Like, I think I know what she means. Like, she's not a bad person. She just made a mistake. Like. I don't, she, she's my girl. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I have to look, I have to look her up so I can see what she's, <laughs> I know what she looks like. Yeah. She definitely, like, if you, when you see her, like, she's from uh, Augusta. And I feel like she screams it. I mean, I feel like I've seen pictures of her before. Yeah. There. They're, the last episode of Beverly Hills ended with another castmate telling her, you, you know, you've overreacted in so many situations. And she starts going, name them. Name them. Name them. <laughs> Tapping the table every time. Name them. And it's just, I could watch it on a loop for like an hour. I swear to God, it was incredible. She says it like 10 times. <laughs> name them. Right, she's from Georgia? Name them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. She's from okay, Augusta, yeah. Georgia. She she has a big fancy house there and does uh I in fact I feel like I did I make this up that she had a party that Niall was potentially at or she was at a party that Niall was at potentially I don't during know, the masters. I love this crossover no, and I need to know immediately. I might have invented it because they were both at the masters. Oh, oh my god, she she was born in South Carolina. Oh, <laughs> she's from Philadelphia. She Maybe. went to college in South Carolina. <laughs> oh, see, it's like, yeah, I think I really, when I 
some of the Southern housewives I feel connected with because I'm just like, oh, it's nice to see a terrible person from the South who I know would be like really nice to me, to my face, and then be like, say something really horrible about me the second I left. Yes. Um, like, bless her heart. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I feel like one of the housewives that just like, picked me was Robin from Potomac Mm. and like I can't quite understand like why I adore her as much as I do (laughs) but I truly like yeah I'm so mad at Robin because she picked me too I liked her I liked her husband I liked her kids I liked everything I, I defended them to people and what does she do? She doesn't tell anyone, oh, by the way, there's this cheating scandal looming about my husband that might come to air. But after the reunion has been filmed, I'm going to go on my podcast Patreon and charge you $5 to tell you the whole story. Insane. No. no. I haven't watched any of this season of Potomac. Oh, I'm so mad. Oh, no. Her, her, uh, her tagline this season is really funny um not it's not good um it is uh i just took a dna test and it turns out i don't care (laughs) if we can back up a second i actually wrote a blog post about taglines and i would love to read you guys my intro to explain what they are please Over the years, the Real Housewives tagline has evolved to an art form. When the Real Housewives of Orange County first franchise debuted, the taglines were audio clips from filmed conversations or interviews selected by producers. The best and worst one from that first season was probably Vicky's, I don't want to get old. The producers let us know what they were about right away. Nowadays, a tagline, which is included in the opening credits of the show, has to accomplish a lot. It should be memorable, if not quotable. Not quite a catchphrase, but close. Should be clever and fun. Delivery matters. Also, many viewers are longtime viewers and watch more than one franchise. So not only do you want to stand out, you don't want a tagline to be too similar to another housewife from another city or season. Most important is branding. Not only your personal branding, but branding for your role on the show. A tagline should say something about who you are or what you do on the show or that season specifically. So specifically this season, Robin doesn't care. (laughs) And the goal is to be iconic. Very true. Yeah. I, one time I was talking to my husband, Colin, I do not remember about what, and he said, well, it's not catty if it's true. So that's his Real Housewives tagline. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm just picturing Colin doing the little, like, the Housewives, like. Like, like they, they turn around and, well. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, there's uh, definitely, I think you have a couple of taglines that you particularly love. And I know I I do as well. Do you want to share any of your things? My absolute favorite is from Sonia of Real Housewives of New York. 
The previous season, her castmate Dorinda compared her to the Beals, um, Jackie Kennedy's relatives who lived in basically squalor because Sonia's townhouse has not been renovated. <laughs> and so Sonia's tagline the next season was, there's nothing gray about my gardens. And it, it just kills me every time. I love it so much. Um, I also, I really like Kyle and Beverly Hills taglines every year because almost all of them mention Beverly Hills. In this town. <laughs> and this is my town. In this town. I'm born and raised in Beverly Hills. Like, I just love it. It's funny. Yeah. When she doesn't have one that says, like, in Beverly Hills, it's like, is everything it feels, okay? It feels wrong. It does. Um, one of my favorites is from a housewife who I hate, um, who I used to, like, love hate, but now I hate hate, um, Ramona of New York. And it is, to me, the most iconic. I'm an acquired taste. You don't like me? Acquire some taste. <laughs> <laughs> like this woman is a monster. If she yes, has taste, is. it is like sour garbage juice. Like <laughs> that is her taste. But goddamn, that that tagline. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's it for this month's episode of this um like i said we're gonna break this up into three episodes um so come back next month for the middle portion thanks for listening